This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marsha Ramsey. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. I'm going to go off script for half a second here and say today is probably one of the most important shows that we've done yet because September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month in Mississippi. So today we're going to focus on suicide prevention and awareness. Our guest will be Patty Harrington, a woman who lost her son to suicide but turned her pain into purpose. We also have Sandra Parks, Molly Patera, and August Patton here to shed light on the mental health aspect of suicide as well. We'll also chat about the latest headlines in the weekend roundup and get your feedback to our question of the day. Are you really prepared for a natural disaster? Hey, we live in Mississippi. You better be. To join on the conversation, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Happy September. It's been September forever. I hope you're having a great fall. It is fall, though, finally. Fall last Friday made fall first day of fall, and it's still hot. I tell you, my son had a cross-country meet on Saturday, and it was literally like running on mercury. It was so hot. I feel so bad for him. He's got like a lung thing going on right now, so he could barely breathe, and he was running it, and it was in the mud and everything else. He got done. He said, Dad. This was terrible. Well, he still ran it in like 20 minutes. So he's like, this is the worst race I've ever run. And he ran it exactly 10 minutes faster than I can run one. See, that's so good. That's it's, good. It's good to be 14. It really is. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, uh, Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month yeah. is in September. And uh, today, I think, is probably going to be one of the most important shows that we've ever done uh, here at MPB in my in my reign here on Now You're Talking. And I, I'm really excited about the guests they have in. We have Patty Harrington. I tell you what, she lost her son. I, that sentence right there is something that every parent should never, ever, ever have to deal with yeah. or say or anything mm-hmm. else. Um, but she's one of those kind of people that literally has turned something so tragic and awful into something incredibly um, she's just paying it forward. She's just paying her blessing forward of getting the fact that she's out there helping people. She's got an incredibly powerful message. So we'll we'll talk with her. And also, too, we have Sandra Parks, Molly Portera, and August Patton in here, too, because there is a mental health aspect to suicide as well. And, it, and this is very, very important for all parents to listen to. Um, I'm a parent. You know, I've got three boys, and this is something that I think, you know, and I've had friends that have lost their children to suicide, and um, this is something that I think sits in the back of my mind all the time that I worry about at night when I'm trying to go to sleep. So I think, you know, tune in. Keep tuned in for the next hour because I think this is going to be a fantastic show. It's going to be a wonderful show. We need to get uh, people aware, people talking. They call it start the conversation. Yeah, because well, that's conversation. part of the name of our show. Exactly. Now you're talking with. <laughs> now you're talking you're, with. And so. we want to start the conversation. Speaking of starting the conversation, I want to start it because I'm excited. I saw it for the first time yesterday, uh, the new one. You saw it in the first time, but you mean actually it, the, the it, movie. The okay. movie. I, I, mean, yeah, I, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. That could be anything. <laughs> I saw the movie, Stephen King's last movie, uh, the remake of my one of my favorite films uh, when I was younger. When I was younger, it scared the 
the mess crap out of me. Yeah, because okay. I didn't. Un- I understood, but as I got older, <laughs> no, it's not a it's not a movie about a, a clown. People, and, it, it is cheesier. The nineteen ninety version is cheesier than a Wisconsin dairy farm. <laughs> I right. mean, it is what it is. And see, I'm a deep person. You know, a little deeper. Oh, than okay, you. and what am I? Uh, oh, you're a little deeper than me. Yeah, I'm a little okay, deeper let's get let's go and get a fight here on the radio. What I'm going to say is one line from the movie yesterday that I wanted. I, I just told someone I wanted to stand up in the middle of the movie and shout this line out to everyone and say, did you just hear this? Prince Albert in a can. Have exactly. you got, that was it. That was the she line. She said, <clears throat> the group of kids were standing there and they were talking about the, uh, debating on whether to leave, uh, kill Pennywise, or just leave and just never look back. The young lady standing there just cut her hair, her father molesting her, things happening in her life. She says, I want to run to something. I don't want to run from something. Right. My God, that just... Oh, my God. I'm tearing up right now just thinking about it. We need to stop running from things. We need to start dealing with things. We need to start healing things. And when she said that, I said, wow, did everyone in here get that? Don't run from something. Deal with it. Deal with your fears in your life. That's what Pennywise is. I tell you, Stephen King, number one, Mm -hmm. is an amazing writer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Read his book on writing. By the way, if you ever want to become a writer, it's one of the best books on actual physical learning how to write that there is. One thing about the book, and I read the book back when I was a teenager, and I, of course, I saw too. the 1990 <laughs> version of it. There is something that it's more than just being scared of a clown. Of course. Um, this is about kids that are facing their worst fears. Uh-huh. And that's how Pennywise manifests himself yeah. to these children. And it's something as an adult now, I'm, I completely missed it when I was 16 years old. And now that I'm 49 and with a, a graying beard, <laughs> which I've been trying to grow out, <clears throat> but... I, I tell you, it is um, the depth of that. And I'm, I look forward to the movie. I have not seen the movie yet, so don't spoil it for I'm me. Not, I'm not. Of course, not. I know how it is. I've read the book and I've seen <laughs> the other miniseries. But uh, mm-hmm. this is different because they split it. They're going to split it into two parts. Mm-hmm. So um, It's going to be exciting right. to see them as adults coming back and, and facing that fear again. But you know yeah, what? Yeah, but you won't have John Boy in it this <laughs> no, time. No, you won't. But yeah. when you said facing fear. I started fear. laughing. And it was the, <laughs> the lady that was in um, Romeo and Juliet, Olivia Hussey, she yes, was in it also. she was. She mm-hmm. was. It was a great ensemble. And a, uh, like I said, if we could just teach our kids that no, it's not about a clown, and just when you take your child, and this is with anything, if you take them to a movie and it's has a good lesson, always pull out the lesson in anything. Driving down the street at a stop yeah, sign, you know what the pull lesson will the be lesson. on that one. Don't take my kid to it because he's going to be sleeping in my bedroom for the rest of his <laughs> life. Yeah, that's probably the lesson I'd take. Oh from my it. god! So what did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Hmm, I played parent all weekend. It was great. Now, we um, we did the cross-country meet, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I did some work around the house, which is incredibly boring. I stayed off Facebook. Really? For most of it. Yeah. Because I was just like looking at it. I was like, this is kind of depressing because everybody oh. was mad about everything. Oh. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that today. Well, you know what? I enjoyed it. It was a great weekend for me. The weather was wonderful. I felt really good. I woke up yesterday just very happy. And I guess... Grateful. Well, see, you should have called me. I could have, I could have knocked that out of you. That's what I'm here for. I know. Because I'm I love, not very gotta deep. Gotta love you. Because I'm not very deep. That's what I hear anyway. Now, it, um, yesterday was fantastic weather. Mm-hmm. I went for like a nine-mile run yesterday. I saw you post that. Yeah. Got like nice pictures and everything. Everybody's like, how do you take pictures while you're running? I said, I run very slow. <laughs> it's very easy to take pictures. I could pretty much take a picture of a wedding while I'm running. That's how slow I am. So but it's good. Except for my legs. They do not feel good anymore. I saw the Overlook picture. That's I told you that's my favorite, one of my favorite spots. One with the trees. Yes. Yeah, I love that oak tree. There's one single oak tree, and I think I like it symbolically because it's got deep roots, and it mm. stays, you know, in its strong core, mm. and it's got limbs that reach to the sky. Wow. See, I think about all kinds of deep stuff when so, I run. So I'm not as shallow as you might think. You I am. are 
are deep. Oh, I'm deep as a <laughs> cove in the reservoir. That's how deep I am. Speaking of deep, you know what? Uh, we have a great show today. A fantastic and show. And we're not today. trying to, uh, you know, again, before we get into the show, we're not trying to scare anyone. We're not trying to put thoughts in We're trying to head. inform you. Exactly. Because you know what? Prevention is very important. And the thing is, and I don't know about you, you've got a teenager, I've got teenagers, and communication with teenagers are um, just absolutely, sometimes can be... Uh, <laughs> Okay, it's easier to probably speak Chinese. Exactly. It really is sometimes. Because, you know, having having that currency, being able to talk to your kids. And with me, it's like every one of my kids are completely different. So I've got to figure out ways to open up to them. And I'm very, we're very blessed because my wife is very good at talking to our kids also. Mm-hmm. So that works out great. These are some statistics here um, that, of course, Pat, and Patty, by the way, is about to die in here. So uh-huh. just to let you know that. So bless her heart. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of you here in a minute on that. But she gave me some really important statistics. One in every 15 kids self-harm. Mm. 70% of teens engaging in self-injury behavior have at least made one suicide attempt. Mm. One in every 12 teenagers consider suicide. One in every 12. Okay. Look in a classroom. There's maybe 28 kid, 24 kids in a classroom. That's two of those kids have been thinking about taking their own lives. Mm. Over 32 million students are bullied each year. Mm. You know, you and I think about it. And of course, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you and I, when we grew up, we didn't. We got bullied, but we didn't get it twenty four seven. You know, <laughs> we didn't have this. I'm holding up my phone right now. I can say, and I guess I I wasn't bullied the way I see it now. I guess uh, uh, in the media and the kids, the way the bullying is now in 2017 is totally different. I know bullying has a. Uh, array of areas. Bullying can be from the minute to the major, and I understand that. Um, I was... Mental bullying, though. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. See, I was physically bullied when I was in sixth really? grade, and then I grew eight inches, and they didn't bully me anymore. <laughs> so um, there was like one really good fight that mm-hmm. kind of stopped it all. Wow. But, you know, when you're sitting there getting told every day that mm-hmm. you're terrible and it's spread around mm-hmm. and pictures, embarrassing stuff are spent, and, you know, things can go viral... That's something that's hard to compete against, even when you do grow eight inches tall. And before we go to break, yeah. that's what, believe it or not, segue into the movie that we saw this weekend. It was really about that, the bullying that took place in that movie. And I noticed that uh, the new version of it showed a lot more of that. Yeah, It showed a lot more of the bullying and how it affected these kids. But I love this movie because they stood up for themselves and they triumphed over not just the it's fear, but the fear of the tangible fear in their lives, the bullies that they had well, in their lives. And another thing that we'll be talking about in just a minute, too, they actually had a support group. They became a support they group for each other. They became their own support group. That's huge. They did. That is they huge. did. Because so, we can't, did. you know what? We're not islands. We can't go through this no, alone. No, 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 no. even especially when people say you're shallow and stuff and like that. And another thing I noticed. Uh, yeah, what, help, I'm, I'm shallow? No, no, no. Okay. You're not shallow. Helping your fellow man. You notice that um, in the movie and even the old one, if you see something, and I'm talking to, I know the kids are in school right now, but maybe someone down. I'm sure they're listening to this show exactly. right this second. They're probably thinking like, you know what, I'm going to risk losing my phone just to listen to, exactly. to MPB online. If if you see something going on, this is to adults or anything, anything that yeah. you see unjust, don't turn your head to it. Right. Do not turn your head to it because if that was you, you would want someone to help you. Exactly. So always help. Another thing, too. When you see somebody walking down the hall, just do something like, remember when we had mm-hmm. Nathan Dunaway on right. talking about jack attacks, do something randomly kind. Yes. You know, It'll because you, you. you never know, well, help you, but you never know when you can like help lift somebody else, somebody else mm-hmm. up as well. A smile, a hug. 
Honey uh, on our cooking show, Honey Cooking with Honey. She yeah. talks about how important hugs are and how it's therapeutic and how it can really heal. That touch, the touch of another person uh, can heal someone. And that's important as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Why, we don't can, we, why don't we take a break? And hug. Okay, we'll go. I'll go back there and get a big hug okay, from you. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Since I'm so devastated now that you said I was shallow. <laughs> Did I mention that? I didn't think so. All right. Well, I tell you what, we have got a great panel coming up. Number one, Patty Harrington is going to be joining us. She lost her son to suicide, but she's turned her pain into purpose. And with, I mean, she's out there making a huge difference as well. And also, too, Sandra Parks, Molly Portera, and August Patton will be joining in, too. We're going to be talking about the mental health aspect of this. And our question today is, is are we prepared for a natural disaster? And I think that comes from the fact, I don't know if you've watched over the weekend, we were kind of obsessed watching other things. There's 3 million people in Puerto Rico right now that are not going to have electricity for a year. Right. How do you prepare for that? How do you prepare and for And we it? live in Mississippi. We have tornadoes and ice storms and, you know, earthquakes and hurricanes and locusts and, you know, all kinds of things that fall from the sky. Right. So it's kind of good to be prepared. Exactly. So that's important, too. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Uh, incredibly important show today because September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And anybody who's lost a child or a friend or a loved one to suicide knows the pain and the emptiness. And what we're really trying to do today is is help you see the signs and, and make a difference and help because, I mean, prevention is really important. And, of course, I'm very, very thrilled to have Patty Harrington here uh, Patty's just uh, incredible, and bless your heart, you've been coughing earlier. I hope you're feeling a little bit better there. I, I do feel much better, thank you. Excellent, excellent, very good. You lost your son, Connor, good-looking guy. I'm looking at his picture right here. He was born in 1994 and yes. passed away in 2011. Um, I can't even imagine the pain that you've gone through, but you're now out there trying to help other people, which is amazing. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Sure. Um, please forgive me. My voice is acting up a little bit. Too much karaoke last <laughs> night. It <laughs> yes. must have been. Uh, yeah, I came home from work um, one day on August 3rd, 2011, and my world was shattered and life as I knew it no longer existed. I walked in my son's room on that day and found that he'd hung himself in the closet. Oh, my gosh. Uh, desperately trying to get him down, uh, screaming, crying, uh, to no avail, doing CPR, um, everything within my power yeah. 
to resuscitate him, but it was too late. I'd call the ambulance, and you know, when tragedy happens, we, we our bodies somehow, some way, work through that, and right. we get in that fight or flight mode. And and I look back on it now, and I think, how on earth was I able to try to resuscitate resuscitate my son? Call an ambulance, and praying and screaming and crying all at the same time, right. and the amb- <clears throat> the ambulance got there. And uh, I waited outside, and they finally uh, put Connor in the ambulance, and we went to the hospital. And after we arrived at the hospital, uh, they pronounced him dead. And um, from that day forward, um, I, I my world changed. Every part of me changed. Every life as I knew it, uh, life just for me as a human being, Losing the most beautiful thing a, a parent could ever lose, right. and that's a child, because the child is a part of you. And I, I just don't even remember maybe two scenes of the funeral. And just the next few days were just a fog. It was an absolute fog. And um, I, I just... I didn't know what to do. I mean, I had been taking my son to counseling. I I knew he was struggling. I'd had three teenagers or have three sons. My older two sons had gone through typical teenage issues, Mm. nothing really out of the ordinary. And but I was taking Connor to counseling and the counselor the day last time I picked him up from the counselor he said, well, he's doing great. He seems fine. Wow. Just really no warning signals. No, I mean, your kids, you know, they go through ups and downs, and especially if you're dealing with a teenager. Uh, and I dealt with two teenagers already. Right. So I know it can be like, you know, you go to the mall and you walk on that side of the mall and I walk on this side of the mall and, you know, mom, you're embarrassing me. You know, don't call me sweetie or baby in front of my friends or, you know, just typical teenage stuff. Nothing really out of the ordinary. And uh, and that's when I found him, you know, when I came home and, and uh, just even the days and weeks after that. Um, I, I, the grief, I can't even put into words the, the despair and brokenness, um, that I experienced a lot of guilt. What, what did I miss? What did I do? What did I do wrong? Apparently I did something wrong because my son is not with me anymore because every parent that loses a child, no matter what it is, but especially to suicide, there is tremendous guilt there is guilt. And I I found myself trying to figure out how in the world I was going to come through this. How was I ever going to really find happiness again? How could I ever really think that I could laugh again? How could I find joy in my life once again? Because I, I just couldn't see that. I really couldn't. And so my oldest son works for Dave Ramsey. That's that, right, which is incredibly cool. In Nashville. And the day after the funeral, he said, Mom, pack your stuff. You're coming to Tennessee. And I was just in another world, and I went up there. And uh, the friends that lived in the same neighborhood as I lived, uh, they had moved there a year previously, and we were very close friends. And they said, we want, we want you to come stay with us. And they had had uh, a couple of uh, couple that had lost their son to suicide a year 
prior to Connor. And they really were just such a, a support system for me. I, I don't even know, even when I got there, if I had not had them, I don't know what I would have done. But for me, I, I'm one of those, I got to sit back, I got to look at it. Where do I go from here? And I kept thinking to myself, I, I just need to rent a cabin. If I can just find a cabin out in the middle of nowhere, get on my face and cry and scream, eat dirt and do whatever I have to do to try to figure out what I can do with this and how I can come through it. And I found this little cabin for rent on the Piney River in West Tennessee. And uh, I told the guy, I said, look, I, I can't think past six months, but if you'll let me rent this cabin for six months, I'll pay you for six months, which I did. And uh, after that, I began to just daily just allow my emotions, allow myself to feel and allow myself just to grieve in such a a, a, a deep, dark place. And I, I got one night to a place to where I didn't want to live anymore Wow! because I thought, I just kept saying, how can I do this, God? How can I do this? Because I'd always been a very strong Christian person, always loved the Lord, brought my children up in church, did everything I knew to do to be a good mother and, you know, bring my children up in the admonition of the Lord. And I, I began to cry out to God because I'd always heard that if someone takes their life, they go straight to hell. Right. And I was really struggling with that. I was like, this, how can I, this can't be. I know Connor loved God. I know he did because I would pray with him on a regular basis. And one night I was just in such deep despair and I said, God, please, please give me something. And he did that very thing around four o'clock one morning. I was lying in bed, and I was half asleep, half awake. I was dreaming. I knew I was dreaming, and I knew I heard, I'm going to let you see Connor one more time. And all of a sudden, Connor walked to a doorway, and there was so much beauty and peace and light and love that was emanating from him. The glory of God was all over him, and he stood there. And he didn't say anything with his mouth, but his eyes spoke to me. And his eyes said to me, Mom, I'm okay. I'm with the Lord. Wow. And God said to me, he said, don't worry, you're fretting more. I've got him. That next morning, I got up and just tears rolling down my face because I felt as if I had physically seen my son. And so I went to unpack a couple of boxes in my hand. I went to reach in to get some things out. And my hand touched an old, dig- found an old digital recorder I used in my company when I lived here in Mississippi. And I picked it up and I thought, wonder whatever happened to that. And I, when I start working again, I can use that. And it had three messages on it. And I, th- I started to push delete. And when I did, I heard, don't delete that. Listen to it. I pushed play. It was Connor. He said, Mom, I love you. I love you, Mom. So not only did God allow me to see Connor, he allowed me to hear Connor to let me know that he really was okay. And me and my faith and, and loving the Lord all my with all my heart and all of my life, I've always loved God and always served God. I knew, because I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, the day that I take my last breath, I know I'm going to be with God. I know Mm -hmm. to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so from that day forward, I began to 
search within myself, what is it that I can do? And one day I was praying and I asked God um, and the Lord dropped. This is so strange. It almost like dropped out of heaven. And I said with my own mouth, Firefly Ministries. And, and I said, Firefly. And God began to speak to me to build this ministry on three foundational stones, purity, humility, and honor. And within the three foundational stones, he stands as Jesus, the firefly, the light in the darkness. And you're my hands and my feet to reach the younger generation. So I, that's what God spoke to me. And I really began to start working tirelessly to try to get in schools and churches or wherever I could go to share my story of the empty chair. Do you, you're, when you go talk to the churches, do you talk to kids, you talk to parents, or do you talk to everybody? I, I do both, but my passion really is to talk to kids. Yeah. Because I what I'm trying to do, especially in, in schools, and I'm traveling all over the state of Mississippi, and I've spoken to thousands of kids right. just since the beginning of August. And when I go in, I share my story, and I give them a real picture of the aftermath of suicide. Right. What you're thinking, this is reality, that all I'm left with for the rest of my life is an empty chair, that I'll never be able to have a birthday with my son. I'll never be able to see my son ever because of his choice and the choice that he made that I'm left with nothing but an empty chair. And it saves lives. I'm telling you, I've had kid after kid after kid walk up to me and say, Miss Harrington, thank you for coming. I was going to take my life, but because of your story, I'm not going to take my life. I had one parent call me up. It just broke my heart. I cried and cried. And she said, my son came home today, and he told me about your story. He's 12 years old, and he told me that he was going to kill himself. And he said, Mama, Miss Harrington came in, and she talked about her son, Connor. And he said... He told her, he said, Mama, I don't want you to have an empty chair for the rest of your life like Miss Harrington, so I'm not going to take my life. And that, that's just one of many, many stories that I get from young people. Um, and it saves lives. It really does. And that's my heart because if I can keep one child, one child or one parent from having to go through what I went through, I've accomplished a lot, but my passion is more than one child. I have a a younger generation inside of me that I feel so burdened for and pray for kids in schools everywhere constantly because we must do everything within our power to reach our young kids. September is Suicide Prevention Month and Awareness Month, and of course we have Patty Harrington in with us who lost tragically her son, Herring- Connor Harrington, but... She's out there trying to make a huge difference, and I think she is. And I will continue this conversation in just a minute. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Um, Incredibly powerful show today. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, September is Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. And, you know, it's... It's an issue that I don't think a lot of people like to talk about. They're uncomfortable about it, or they don't think it'll ever happen to them. And, and, you know, it's something for me on a personal front. I mean, I guess I'm at the age now where a lot of my friends have teenagers, and and this is something that unfortunately has started to happen to some of my friends. I've, I've had two or three friends that have lost their child this way. And so when we had the chance to have Patty Harrington on to talk about this, she lost her son, Connor. Um, I'm looking at his picture right now. Handsome guy. Just really good-looking young man. And um, I hope you just were tuned in a minute ago and got to hear her powerful story. We were all, like, bemoaning the fact we don't have Kleenex in the studio right now because that was incredibly powerful. But we're going to talk to Patty a little bit more, too, about this because I think it's really um, – her story is incredible. But also we're going to bring in Sandra Parks, Molly Proterra, and August Patton to talk a little bit about the mental health aspect of suicide, too. Uh, Patty, you were talking about how – you know, this happened to you. And like I said, I don't even know how you got up off of the floor after it happened because, I mean, I've sit there and, and you don't want to think about that as a parent, but you think about what would I do? I honestly wouldn't want to go forward. I don't know what I would do. And you managed to, I mean, you got a real gift from God uh, when you got to hear his voice and you got to see him and you got to know that Connor's okay. Now you're in the schools and you're talking to kids. Tell us a little bit more about Connor, you know, as he was growing up and who he was. And did y'all, you said you took him to therapy, but did you have any idea that this could have happened? You know, there was, there was really no warning signs. Um, Connor was just Mr. Personality. Yeah. Uh, You know, when he walked in a room, he just lit it up. I mean, he loved life. He loved his friends. I found that a lot of times that people that are like that are really sometimes those that struggle the most internally. All comedians suffer. Yes. And Connor just, he, you know, all of his friends would come to him and and kids would always come to the house. And Miss Harrington, is Connor here? And they would always share with Connor and Connor, they would laugh. So many kids would reach out to me after Connor Connor passed away, and they said, Miss Harrington, Connor always made me feel so much better. I just loved him. He was my best friend, and they were just so broken and devastated because none of his friends knew, although he had told a couple of friends that he was going to do it. Oh, wow. And what did they do? And nothing. Nothing. Well, they just, yeah. and, and it's, I don't blame anyone. I mean, that But they happens. probably didn't think, oh, yeah, you're just pulling my leg. That's you're just right. kidding. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that I do share with the young people when I go into the schools. And, and I say, you know, I tell them that my son had told a couple of his friends. And I, I said, look, if you have a young person that tells you that they're going to take their life, reach out. Reach out to a teacher or a counselor or a parent, someone and talk about it yeah. because it's much easier to betray a friendship than it is to have to visit a grave site for the rest of your life because your friend took his life. That right there is probably going to be the statement of the day. It is well worth betraying a friendship than it is to have to live for the rest of your life thinking, I could have done something. And I think it's a good time now to bring in Sandra Parks, Molly Proter, and August Patton. Talk a little bit about the mental health aspect, too. We're all allowed to talk right now, so nobody... <laughs> and so... um yeah, I mean, August and um, Sandra are going to have to be doing like backup singers because you only have one mic. But we're, we're going to pull this off a little bit. 
bullying is a big part of this. And, of course, you were showing me the statistics here and just amazing how many kids, 3.2 million students are bullied. And we touched on it a little bit before. Now, do you think Connor was ever bullied? Do you think that was an issue with him? Well, yes, it was. At one point, he had a young man uh, in his school make a Facebook page that said the death of Connor Harrington. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, seriously. That's cruel. Yeah, it, it happens every day. Yeah. And a hundred over 161,000 kids are miss school every single day due to bullying. And yeah. I, I feel... That 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 number is much greater, yeah. and and I think that these statistics. I mean, a lot of the statistics are not really current. Uh, if you take just the end of twenty sixteen and and to twenty seventeen, it, it has increased. And also, um, there was an article recently in USA Today that said that suicide had doubled in middle school students since two thousand seven. When guess what started coming online in 2007, social Thank media. You. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the biggest problems that we deal with. I mean, I love me some social media. I'm not completely damning it, but yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, when you're talking this statistic here, 43% of teens have been victims. 43, that's almost half. Yes, absolutely. Incredible. Well, how do you, number one, on the mental health aspect of this, because I mean, you're talking right at the point where teens are starting to develop their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So We we know that, that students and in, in People who are considering suicide are usually ambivalent about whether or not they want to complete suicide. Um, and it's really our our focus needs to be on helping to find a reasons for li- to live right. for people. Um, and so that's in adults and children. And so I think it's important not only for us to educate parents, but also for us to educate the public in general, teachers, healthcare professionals about what to look for in both adults and children in terms of what kind of warning signs are people, you know, given off. Okay. Um, what are those warning signs? Cause I think it's a good time to, to get yeah, those out there. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, um, students will, or children will give, um, verbal cues. So they yeah. may say things like, you know, pretty soon you won't have to worry about this or you won't have to worry about me anymore. Wow. Um, changes in sleeping habits or eating habits, which is hard to identify in, in a student or a child because that's kind of normal things anyway. Mood changes, personality changes. But, you know, that's why it's so important for but, us. Let's say parents right now are thinking, wait a minute, that's called right. being a teenager. Exactly. You know. Exactly. But it's it's important for our teachers to be aware yeah. of that because, you know, our kids spend majority of their day often with educators. Right. And so it's so important for teachers, cafeteria workers, bus drivers, for everybody to be aware of what kind of things to be looking for. Other students to know what to do when someone says that they're considering suicide, we have to educate people on what to do at that point. And that is to tell someone, you don't have to be the the owner of this. You don't have to do it yourself. You know, you can go to someone and pull some professionals in to help or other people, trusted adults in to help, you know, help the person who's considering suicide. Sandy August, your thoughts on that? There are also situations where children or youth that may be struggling with sexual orientation. We've been seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of that in the mental health center. Um, They get bullied and teased, but they also are very sad about it, so they don't know where they fit in. Um, So I think that is one of the areas that we need to have parents and teachers to pay closer attention to uh, and listening to those students closer. Um, 
and children that may have been affected by some sort of trauma, Mm -hmm. whether it be abuse, neglect, or some sudden uh, absence of a parent um, by way of going to prison or jail. Um, And that happens a lot in our urban communities uh, when we have um, the trauma. I mean, even if, and too, if you're a child growing up, say you have a parent with a mental illness or something like that, and it's like, it could be an abuse situation physically, but also mentally too. So a kid could grow up, you know, suddenly completely, you know, like if your parents a narcissist, for instance, you know, you know that that'll mess with you. So that's important too. Mm-hmm. So yes, I mean it's 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 scary out there, you know, when you think about what the kids have to deal with today, you know as opposed to what we have dealt with when right. we were growing up with social media, the peer pressure. I mean, it seems like the educational system and just in general, um, we want our kids to grow up. We're pushing them yeah. to grow up so fast. And we're putting a lot of pressure on them as far as sports, you know, academics. you got to get a scholarship. you got to do this. And... For a lot of them, you know, that's that's just too much pressure. You know, they they need to, to, to learn to, of course, deal with that pressure. But I think as educators and teachers, one of the most important things I tell them is that you always have these kids that are going to be drawn to you. Right. I mean, I know there's teacher pets. You know, the teachers are going to know, you know, that that just happens. And those are the kids that you know. So if you know something different is going on with them, pull them aside and talk to them. You know, maybe not even wait, but if they trust you, be there and be open and make Mm -hmm. time for them. Because just because you're not a counselor, just because you're not a mental health therapist doesn't mean you can't make a difference, make a difference and open up and talk to them. September is Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month. This is an incredibly powerful show. I want to thank Patty Harrington, Sandra Parks, Molly Pertera, and August Patton. We're going to continue this discussion. And, of course, if you have any questions about this, too, please give us a call. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we've been talking with our panel of mental health professionals and Patty Harrington about teen suicide prevention Patty, you know, you're out there in the field. You're talking with kids every day. Um, so you're hearing a lot of stories. And uh, some of them, I'm sure, are heartbreaking. Some of them, just share some of those stories. What, what are you hearing? Well, it is very unfortunate. But every school that I go to, I have young kids that walk up to me and tell me that they're suicidal or either self-harming. Yeah. And a lot of stories that they share with me are just gut-wrenching. Uh, heartbreaking, um, 
some of them dealing with parents that have gone through divorce and parents fighting over their kids and fighting over money and fighting over, you know, mom screaming, dad screaming, and the pressures of all that and the divorce and just the trauma from that. Just, you know, the kids feel responsible a lot of times. Uh, I remember one one girl at a private school. I can't. I'm not going to name schools, but a private school uh, walked up to me and she said, "Miss Harrington," she said, "I, I, I my step, my, my mother married a man that sexually molested me." Oh my gosh! And, and she, uh, we, she turned him in. Uh, she told her mother. Turned the authorities were called, and then the father and stepfather came back and apologized and said that he shouldn't have done that. And now the mother took him back. And she has to wake up every single morning and live with this guy. And she's got a younger sister, and she's so scared. So she's she's been suicidal. She's self-harming, but she's so afraid for her own sibling. You know, pressures like that, these kids should not have to deal with, even the bullying. But it, it, it's just, it's unreal. I, I had one couple call me. I get calls from all over, a Christian couple. Uh, their daughter was a worship leader in the church. They brought, lived in church. They just were the just the perfect little family. Right. And, and the daughter was dealing with homosexuality, and so we all got on the phone. and had a youth pastor contact me and ask me, "Can I speak with him?" And I said, "Absolutely." It's like ten o'clock at night, and I don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning. I'll take a call. And. I began to talk with them, and I shared with her what had happened to me. And the mother just was just so accusing, and just uh, it was just, it was just terrible. And she kept saying, well, "Just tell her what tell her what you're doing. Tell her just really just berating her with just I, it was just awful." And and finally, the girl shared with me that she was homosexual. And finally, after listening to the mother and listening to the father, I I asked the girl, I said, do you have a plan? She said, yes. I said, tell me what your plan is. She said, well, she said, I was going to go in the bathtub and run the bathtub full of water. I was going to cut my wrist and bleed to death in the bathtub. I told this mother, I said, ma'am, I said, your problem is not that she's homosexual. And I said, your problem is not that she's struggling in school. I said, your problem is you need to worry about keeping your child alive and get her help. Yeah. And, you know, we can focus on so much in, in the pressures of life and worrying about how it's going to look to the community, how it's going to look. People are going to look down on me if they find out that my child is homosexual. So, I mean, it, it's just those things and the things that these kids have to deal with is just it's just unbelievable. Think about the golden thread running through that. And, of course, I remember. You know, I was a kid, 11 years old. My mom was diagnosed with cancer, and there was my mom and dad were fighting and all. And I was a little kid thinking that I could somehow solve it, that it was my fault. Mm-hmm. And I remember that for years, thinking that I could somehow fix it. And guess what? I couldn't. And I think, you know, what you were talking about there, a lot of that is the parents need to get their act together, too. They do. They do. Yeah. And then dealing with that, and then on top of that, the cyberbullying yeah. and the bullying. So they get up in the morning. I paint a picture. They get up in the morning. They're dealing with screaming and yelling, or, or you know, home is just chaotic. And then get to school and the pressures of school and then, and the academics yeah. and then the bullying on top of that. And then by the time they're just like a pressure cooker. Yeah. They just need some kind of relief. Relief, exactly. Yeah. Sandra, Molly, and August. Y'all, y'all had a suicide prevention symposium last week. Um, Talk about shattering the silence by working together was a theme on that. Talk talk about 
what happens at one of these these conferences? Sure. So our symposium on Tuesday was actually the first one that we've had in the state, um, mm-hmm. and we had over a hundred people attend, um, and quite. A lot more people wanted to attend, but just because of our capacity, we weren't able to get more people in. Um, but what a nice problem to have. I know, yeah. a great problem to have. Um, so we were really excited about our response with that. Um, we had um, this first symposium, we wanted to cover lots of different topics. So we had uh, speakers talk about suicide and tech dependence and what kind of influence that has on you know suicidal behavior. Also, suicide in uh, older adults. Um, and as well as substance use, um, what's going on with the edu- with Department of Education and suicide with House Bill 263. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we covered a lot of topics that day and had a really great response, and we're hoping to have another one in the spring. Give a little more uh, detail about that House Bill. Yeah, so um, House Bill 263 passed in this past legislative mm-hmm. session, and it requires that all school professionals, all school employees be um, trained in two hours of suicide prevention. And so that includes from administration all the way to bus drivers, cafeteria workers. Every school employee has to be trained in suicide prevention. And so the Department of Mental Health was charged with choosing um, curriculums to implement in the schools. And we've, we've done that in conjunction with Department of Education. And so we're really excited about, you know, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, making more people aware right. of what to look for. Um, when when you're working with children and and you know what we use in our own professional lives we can use at home too and so you know it really just crosses those boundaries fourth annual trauma informed care conference that's coming up soon what what do what is that well it's our fourth conference and we have um over 500 people already registered to come it starts tomorrow on the 25th and tomorrow is a special day it is a special presentations for first responders Mm -hmm. and what they're going to learn is um, some programs um, question persuade and refer which is one way of dealing with somebody that um, is is contemplating suicide. They're also going to learn about self-care for themselves because we know that first responders are first to the scene. They're always giving, 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 and we know how important it is for self-care, um, even in us as mental health professionals, to be able to help others. Um, the other part of the conference, which is the 26th through the 28th at the Jackson Convention Center, um, is called Standing in the Eye of the Storm. And we are going to have presentations um, on all different types of stuff, like um, post-traumatic stress disorder and veterans, um, adverse childhood experiences um, in infants and toddlers, um, trauma and foster care youth, Um, Also, mental health awareness and suicide in teens, um, what happens after the trauma. Um, And we're also going to have, of course, some related presentations on stories of resiliency. What happens? What are some proven programs that work um, after, you know, a person or an individual has experienced some type of trauma? And so we... let me touch on that because, yeah. I mean, Senator, I think that's a that's a great point. If you've got a teen right now, how do you help your child become more resilient? How do you help to protect them, give them a shield, some way to be able to protect themselves from this onslaught of everything? I think as, as a parent, um, also as a mentor, I think with these youth, the main thing is communication. Yeah. Keeping, keeping the lines of communication open with them. 
um, even with your kids, but also with other kids that may present to you as being, you know, close to you and trusting you and being a good role model. Yeah. I, I want to say something that I've learned that there's such a fear associated. If I bring this subject mm-hmm. up, it's it, going to cause right. my to push child them to, to do, do it. it. Yeah. But when in fact statistics show it gives a completely reversed effect. Right. And it saves lives. So, and, and I've heard, it. like for instance, if you your child says it, then you just say, "Well, then how do you plan on doing it?" You know, and kind ask of make questions. them make it ask, start asking questions, yes. making it more real to them. Because that shows that you've identified the warning signs that they're right. that they're, they're putting off. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, when you've identified that, that kind of opens the gate for them to be able to start getting some help. Oh my gosh, um, and mom and dad care. Relief. Yeah. 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 And not only about suicide, we should check in with our children daily and teach parents daily to have check-ins so it won't be so strange that if suicide comes up or anything comes up, that it's strange that mom is talking to me now right? or dad is talking to me now. We need to show them that daily we care and we want to check in. So, you know, once they put their books down, you get home from work, sit down, let's check in for a minute, what's going on, and not just a talk check-in, a really a good check-in. Don't be afraid to look through their things. Mm-hmm. We have parents that are afraid today to, to yeah. Their children go deserve through. privacy. Right. No, they don't. They don't deserve <laughs> privacy. Yeah. You should go through their things mm-hmm. sometime and set limits, but also be loving enough to make sure that they're still connected, not just to you, uh, but also to their friends and their social supports if they're positive. And, but we also, you know, we have to put protective factors in place so kids aren't isolated. Um, because, you know, teenagers naturally go to their rooms and shut the door. But we have to peek in and find out what's going on um, and not allow that. But one of the things that I think is really totally awesome, especially for the state of Mississippi, is that Governor Phil and Deborah Bryant uh, have such a passion to make a difference in our young people's lives. And, and I've, I am personally working with them and trying to go into schools, and they just have. And Deborah spoke recently at the symposium, and so they're doing everything within them, within with themselves, to uh, make a difference in Mississippi young lives. And the program that we're doing, that I'm doing with Deborah and, and uh, Governor Bryant, is Mississippi Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and that is to go into every school in the state of Mississippi. Well, um, Patty, go ahead, and I guess a good time to share your way to get in touch with you, whether it's your website and your phone number, because, I mean, there's folks right now probably have questions for you, too. Yes. Uh, my website is fireflyoutreach.com, and then you can go to Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Firefly Outreach, mm-hmm. or our 800 number is 888-598-0888. And if you'd like for me to speak at your school, contact your principal or your school teacher or someone and reach out. Um, I, like I said, I travel all over the state of Mississippi going in schools and sharing my story of an empty chair. And I'm just trying to save lives. And it's so, so, so important. Molly, yeah. so, so I would say if anybody is struggling with suicidal thoughts or they know someone that is struggling with suicidal thoughts, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is a great resource. It's an anonymous number that people can call, um, and I can give that number. It's 1-800-273-TALK. Um, and they also have a crisis text line, which, you know, if, if you don't want to talk, especially if you're a teenager, if you don't want to talk to someone, texting might be easier for you. And, and that number is 741-741. 
Um, and then they can reach us at the Department of Mental Health. There's several resources out in the community. Um, we have a Department of Mental Health helpline at 877-210-8513. I want to thank all of you for being in today. You have, I would say boldly to say that you've probably changed somebody's life today and saved somebody's life. So thank you so much. I want to appreciate and thank Michelle for producing the show as always. Fantastic job. And of course, coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll see y'all next Monday.